I kind of can't believe that we are going to be talking today about three handheld games consoles. The portable era is back, baby. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> three <laughs> new pieces of hardware. So we'll start off with the simplest for now, which is the play date. Uh, July 29th is the pre-order, so it's next week as we're recording this. Um, they're kind of like... I'm really intrigued to see how the pre-ordering is going to go for this. Uh, they're basically saying, you know, like you can just pre-order it. They're not going to um, cut off the pre-orders. They're just going to let people pre-order them and you get one when you get one. So you just get in the queue, which I think is a pretty good way of dealing with it. Mm. They're saying, I think they said like they're going to have 20,000 ready to ship towards the end of the year. Okay. That's not going to be enough, I think. Mm, um, I think this thing is going to sell really well. But like, look, I've been in... as. I've been in a situation which I could call comparable, right? Of like having to make something to sell it based on people's desires, right? Or what you hope is 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 what you know is a product you hope people want. You'll always underestimate because you're putting your money on the line, right? You know, like if they made a hundred thousand of these, maybe they would get to everybody who wanted day one pre-order. I don't know. But then you're on the line for like a million dollars worth of inventory. Maybe more than that, right? Because they're, what, $179 each or something? So it would be like, well, I mean, if it would be a lot more. Scale that up massively and you have some understanding of the predicament that PlayStation faced with the Vita. Exactly. It's, it's all of this stuff, right? Like you can't, you can't just make as many as, in theory, right? You just make as many as people want. but you ultimately can't judge you cannot judge interest until it's actually there's a buy button right you can get a mailing list and you can say sign up for the mailing list and you're going to be first told and you'll get like 100,000 people sign up for the mailing list but probably a single digit percentage of those people will actually buy it right so I understand where they're coming from. I'm really intrigued to see how it goes. I th it seems like you'll be able to order everything, which includes the uh, the stereo dock as well as the cover. But I read that the stereo dock will be shipping later. But I think you'll be able to order the whole kit. And that will be my uh, plan personally. I love the little purple cover. The stereo dock is just like so my thing. You know, it comes with a pen and a pen holder. I mean, come on. Um, so I'm super into it. I cannot wait for this silly little games console. Um, it just looks like a super fun little thing throwing your backpack and just have fun with it. So I'm really excited about it. Hopefully I'll be able to get a pre-order in fast enough. Uh, new Nintendo's. Do you, if you want to say anything more about the play date? I ju just, uh, it feels like a, like a tiny amusing thing that's going to surprise and delight us. Like I, I don't expect this console to have as much playtime as my Nintendo Switch, for example, but it's like having it's like having this little jewel that you can appreciate in mm -hmm. bite-sized gameplay. Like you play thirty minutes every day, maybe possibly even less, and it just feels like also like a very nice object. Also, yeah. based on the previews that we've seen, that seems to be the consent the consensus. Like the build quality is really good, and it feels like this premium thing that is also fun. And so you have that combination of a premium feel in a fun and friendly consumer product that um, that makes me really excited about it. Like my plan is, especially when I get the little dock, it will just live on my desk, 
and I'll mm. just pick it up every now and then and play it for a couple of minutes. You know, yeah. like in the same way that I would pick up my phone and play a game. That's kind of how I imagine this thing being. I'm sure that there will be some enterprising developers that will create games that could take hours of play. You know, like I imagine something like um, Minute. You remember the game Minute, M-I-N-I-T? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That kind of game would be so perfect for this. And it would, I'm sure, work, right? Because especially the, the graphics are so... Um, so basic for that game by design yeah i could imagine a game like minute being developed and working pretty well on something like the playdate so you know and then you're in a game that could take hours and hours upon hours to complete as minute does it's a great little game um so yeah i'm i'm really hyped for the playdate can you hear this i don't want to no don't come at me oh, with this doing, this is not fair thing. to everybody else on this podcast that you're sitting there with your dev kit no, listen, listen. That's the sound of the crank snapping back into place. Good for you. <sighs> Good for you, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely, lovely, lovely little machine. It's a mm -hmm. bit of a curio. Yes. Um, the screen is delightful. But, you know, it's a teenage engineering um, co-designed yeah. product. Yeah. And they really, really, really know how to do this stuff. I don't know if you're aware of the OP1 the yep. synthesizer they designed. Oh my goodness, that thing is staggering. Did Teenage Engineering have a hand in the design of the console? Because I know that they do with the dock. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Console with the console yeah, yeah. too. Yeah. Okay. So I love this thing. It's slim. It's light. You don't know. It can disappear into one hand. Uh, I don't know how big your hands are. My hands are average size. Yeah. But if I place my palm and the tops of my fingers around it, completely disappears behind the palm. So it's really, really good to hold. The crank is so smooth. You can't hear this. And the reason you can't hear this is because that's the crank turning and it's just absolutely perfect. Mm. Uh, the screen, as I say, the best thing about it is not that it's brighter than the Game Boy because you would expect it to be brighter and clearer than the Game Boy, but how pin sharp it is. I mean, it's a titchy little thing, right? But you've got so many pixels. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing about it that I think is going to surprise a lot of people, maybe not at launch time, but certainly further down the line, is that although you don't have an awful lot of graphics hardware, it's not like this thing has got like a, um, a GPU with tons of shader support or anything, is the performance ratio of the the core processor, mm -hmm. which is a single core, um, but it's an ARM32. And that's running at, I think, 180 megahertz, driving a tiny, tiny screen. So the amount of horsepower you've got to do crazy things on a simple bitmap display will allow for things that you wouldn't ordinarily expect, and an awful lot of that to happen. So it's way more powerful than, than people might imagine. Uh, so powerful, in fact, that's really easy to do synths on this as well. And I'm sure we'll be seeing some of those at launch. So, yeah, it's a curio. It will probably appeal to the likes of us three and other people like that. But you know what? People like us are a growing crowd. So mm. I think your point about demand might be on, especially if the games are good, you know, because you don't pay for them. Not not the, the ones that come in their season passes anyway. Obviously, yeah. people will be able to sell games, but that's a different matter. Yeah, and I don't know, I don't, like, I guess, I think the the console comes with one season, right? And then I expect mm -hmm. you have to then pay for later seasons. That would be my expectation. Yeah, they said nothing about subsequent seasons, really, yeah. have they? But I'm assuming that that is a pay 
per season. I mean, that's what I would assume. I mean, otherwise, I don't know how this thing makes money <laughs> past the initial sale, but we'll see. Yeah, it's going to be hard. I mean, it depends how much they pay the developers, of course. Yeah, it's great. I, I'm so into it. I'm just so into it. I, I just love that I know the people that are doing it. I'm just, it blows my mind. It's so cool. Uh, new Nintendo Switch. Hmm. A seven-inch OLED model on sale on October, $350. It includes 64 gigabytes of internal storage, which is doubled from the original Switch. It has, quote, improved audio, which is just the speakers um, on the device that are apparently better. There are no other internal changes, so there's no 4K, there's no kind of CPU increases, RAM changes. It's effectively the same Switch internally, just with a bigger and better screen. It does have a vastly improved kickstand, which is closer to something like you would see on a Microsoft Surface. It covers the whole back of the device and is uh, adjustable in multiple angles. This model is actually slightly wider and slightly heavier, but probably in a way you wouldn't notice. And there's also a new dock for the Nintendo Switch with OLED that features support for Ethernet and also a refreshed design. This ain't the Switch Pro, is it? No, it's not. And it reminds me of that. What's that line from... I was listening to The Besties and uh, another excellent video game podcast. Mm -hmm. And they said something along the lines of, Nintendo will never give you what, what you want, but you'll always want what Nintendo gives you. Oh, that's <laughs> um, really good. That's really good. <laughs> uh, which is basically, yeah, this is not a Nintendo Switch Pro. Uh, and I'm just going to... Hold on, Shade, before you start with your I told you so and everything because you were right and I'm gonna let you say that in just a second but I'm a little disappointed that there's no change to like I still cannot plug in my headphones easily when I'm playing a Nintendo Switch game on my TV uh, and I'm a little disappointed that they haven't released like a new pro controller or maybe you know proper support for Bluetooth headphones um, I would have liked to see an extended battery life, maybe, but I'm still gonna get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it. This feels like a Nintendo following their old portable console playbook with the GBA and the DS and the 3DS mid-life upgrades. It feels like they're treating the Nintendo Switch as that kind of console. This feels like an upgrade for portable users because you get a, better, a bigger screen with OLED quality, so you get better colors um, and you get this wider you know, experience when you're playing a game. Um, sure, there's a new dock and sure, there's a new kickstand, but really this feels like a mid-cycle upgrade for portable users and I'm one of them. Now, I think that this is, I think we spoke about this too, uh, I think they just can't get the screen they were making anymore. I think it's as simple as that. Like this, they just had to change screen technology, so they've done it. It's possible, but yeah, this is not a Switch Two. This is not a Switch Pro. It's just the same Switch with a better display and a new kickstand and a slightly updated dock. And I'm still gonna buy one. Yeah, I'm not. Oh, I don't play wait. in handheld. Ah, uh, yeah. Right, I play docked. I I have no need for this product. Ah, see, yeah, that makes sense for you. Like, mm. uh, I get it. Like, if I was a handheld player, I would go for this because there is going to be an improvement. The screen is... All, all of the early hands-on have been very positive about the screen. But it, the IGN uh, kind of hands-on, I think, really summed it up fantastically. This was by Tom Marks. 
And he said at the end of the article, if there was a way to pay $50 and magically add these new features to my existing Switch, I would do it in a heartbeat. But paying a few hundred to reach the slightly greener grass on the other side is less enticing to me personally, as impressive as the grass may be. I thought that was really nicely put. If I could just give Nintendo my old one back and pay him $50 and get a new one, I'd do that. But you know, but even then, it's not. Re- I don't really think it's going to be for me. What are you thinking, Shayad? Well, it's typical Nintendo, isn't it? They seem to have this fetish for creating imperfect hardware, almost uh, perversely imperfect hardware. And they do it so that they can create close to perfect software, which is probably one of the the best tricks that any manufacturer has ever pulled. You create a device, the hardware is like, seriously? This, This is a hardware? Um, it's a cute concept every time, mm-hmm. right? But the hardware's like, who thought about hanging this stuff together in this way? And it's very hard to imagine that if you were going to design the best possible hardware, that you would go the Nintendo route. But they don't think like that. They start, I, and this is what I believe, because I don't know for sure. They start thinking, what kind of experiences do we want players to have? And what hardware would suit those experiences? Now, mm-hmm. how how cheaply can we make that hardware? Because we want to sell an absolute metric ton of these. Mm-hmm. So it's the other way around. They don't think, what's the best platform? They don't see their device as a platform. They see their device as a toy to facilitate the best possible experience for the lowest cost to them. And I think that's why they do things the way that they do. Uh, but as for us calling it, yeah, we did call it. I mean, it seemed seemed fairly obvious if boring you know there's it's not a it's not a romantic vision of the nintendo future for us to say i don't know how many episodes ago that this is a likely route they were going to take but it is realistic given that we know nintendo don't really change their game plan an awful lot i mean and why would you <laughs> it's not broken is it you know it's is exactly. this is the perfect example of it ain't broke don't fix it i mm-hmm. i just think that they have a little bit more time that they can wait until they can until they need to do any more. I don't think I could even begin to predict. I was trying to just work out in my head as I was talking when I think they would do a Switch 2 or Switch Pro. I expect, by the way, now that it will just be Switch 2. Like, it won't be an upgraded version mm-hmm. of, you know, like, that it will just be the new one. That is, I don't know why I think that, but that's kind of where I'm, where I'm kind of landing right now. That's just going to be a case of like, this was the product that we make. I couldn't even begin to try and guess when that might happen. Well, I mean, so I was recently talking to a friend, right? Mm-hmm. And they asked me, uh, should I buy a PlayStation 5? And, uh, and, and they wanted to know like, um, what what are the games like if i were to buy a ps5 what are the games i should buy and i really struggled with that because like i said okay sure so sure um uh, spider-man miles morales and ratchet and clank mm-hmm. and then and then it was like okay uh but what about you know some other big exclusive that i could because i have a ps4 like what are some of the other ex- exclusives that i can get and I was like, uh, well, there's a bunch of expansions for older games on PS5 where you're getting better graphics. I guess Returnal. 
rhetorical, maybe, but like, I don't think Nintendo is in any rush to get a new Switch out the door because sure, you can get the new consoles, but it still feels to me like the next generation hasn't really started yet. There's a few games, but really we're not there yet. And there's a bunch of reasons for this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic and the fact that so many people still cannot get a PS5. Yeah. But if I were Nintendo and I'm looking at this right now, as of July 2021, it feels like we're living in a sort of DLC era for the PS4 and the Xbox One. Like, it feels like we're still, like, in an expansion of that generation. It doesn't really feel like, Mm -hmm. oh, they have drawn the line. Now you have to get on the next-gen consoles. You can buy them. There's a few games for them that are exclusive to them, but not really quite there yet. So if I were Nintendo and I'm looking at this, like, now that I'm seeing this, like Shahid said, like, Shahid was right. Like, they're in absolutely no rush to say, oh, we need to have a Switch 2 because we're falling behind. Next gen, by the way, Eric, it starts this holiday season. Probably, probably. Like, you know, just from E3, you know, talking about the games that are going to be available, um, there's a lot of stuff coming out this holiday. And, and so I think that's kind of when, when we're really going to start seeing it, you know, like Halo and stuff. I get like at that point we're going to start you know, having enough games where I think yeah. it's going to actually start to make a real uh, impact. So, but yeah, I think you're right. It's it's hard. It's hard to answer that question right now. Like, should I get this console? And if I do, what games can I get on it? Like, Nintendo is the easy answer, right? Because it's like, well, the Switch is the Switch. If you can get one, and they're easier to get than the other two, uh, I can tell you all these great games that you can play because. They're the same games you've been able to play for the last multiple years, but they're all fantastic. By the same token, you could recommend the PS5. Um, I'm not recommending this, by the way. I'm, I'm just saying by, this, by the same token, you could recommend the PS5 as an augmented PS4 Pro mm-hmm. in that you've, you've got your existing experiences, but they're now running at a faster frame rate or with upscaled, up graphics, perhaps with ray tracing support, who knows, depending on the kind of frame rate that you want. Then you have the library. I'm not trying to turn this into an advert, honestly. I'm just going to make another point about Nintendo shortly. But you've got the the PlayStation library, the Plus library, which is all of the PS4 stuff that has been um, improved in terms of frame rate and in some cases improved drastically overall. Like Demon's Souls, for example, that absolutely rocks on a PS5 and for me is one of the best-looking games on it. Now, coming back to the Nintendo point, well... You know, if Nintendo did release a new console in the next couple of years, and I don't think they need to. I know it sounds crazy, right? Two years seems like a long time. But if they don't, they're still the same games to play. I mean, Mm -hmm. how often have we talked on this show about Mario Kart? And how old is that game? It's not even a current-gen game. Is it still fun today? Yes. Is it still, in terms of overall sales across the entire series, probably the best-selling game of all time on a console? Probably. It was at one point, I think. I don't know. I don't want to do the math. but It's up there. It's up there, right? So do they need to upgrade it? No. Will they upgrade it? When they can be bothered, you know? When they think that there's something that they can add to the gameplay. They never do anything out of fear, Nintendo. That's what I love about them. They are not a reactive company. They don't say, oh, uh, we're falling behind this generation. Because they don't compete there. 
They're not competing against the no. PS5. They, they weren't competing against PS4. They have their own space completely to themselves. And the reason they do that, I think, is because they lead by experience. They lead in terms of software. Their, their teams are utterly, utterly incredible. And the only way they're going to be uh, upstaged in any way is if we see another contender come for their space, particularly as they shift their focus towards portable away from home console. And we're going to talk about that in a bit, aren't we? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's more in that. But I, I, I think that they're not going to move away from the Switch, right? And I know the Switch. So, but they, there is room for upgrades to the Switch, which wouldn't take away all of the games that can currently be played. And I actually don't think that Nintendo will move... Like, the next Switch, I don't think is going to be like a PS4 to PS5 kind of thing, like just because of how they are. I imagine the Switch Pro, Switch 2, or whatever, you'll still be able to play those games on the original Switch. Like, that's how I imagine it. Like, I don't think that they're going to do a generation change but there is room that they can still grow within the current generation that they're in, which is that idea of the PS4 Pro and the Xbox Series X kind of thing. Mm. Was it Xbox? No, wait. Which one was the Xbox One X? Is one that the X. one I'm thinking of? Yeah. Like they can still do that, and I think that that's going to be their next thing, but they're probably 6 to 12 months away from even announcing that now, I guess, because they've kind of just reset the clock again with the OLED. All right, there is another uh, there's another piece of hardware <laughs> that kind of came out of nowhere, uh, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but let's take a break real quick and thank our sponsor of this week's episode, and that is Tech Talk, a podcast from the folks over at Hewlett Packard Enterprise. I love finding new podcasts to listen to. I like them for entertainment. I like them for information. What I love about a podcast as well, which I'm new to, is I can go back and listen to a bunch of episodes from its back catalog. And that's definitely what you can do with Tech Talk. It is the show that talks through HPE news, tech insights, and world-class innovations. I listened to an episode about something called Project Aurora, which is uh, an initiative focusing on something called Edge to Cloud. Ultimately, it's all about making sure that the software and services that we use have the best levels of security possible, which is something that's only becoming more and more important in our current world. So if you want to check this show out yourself, you can expect topics like applying technology for the good of people, planet, and the communities. You can learn about supercomputing aboard the International Space Station and how Walt Disney, Walt Disney Studios is experimenting with AI and machine learning to help creators within the filmmaking process. This show takes you straight to the source, interviewing some really impressive tech leaders like Dr. Michael Roberts of the ISS's U.S. National Lab, uh, Sanjeev Katwar is the CTO of Tottenham Hotspur, and Monica Livingston from Intel. Check out Tech Talk wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Tech Talk or click the link in the show notes. So thanks to HPE Tech Talk for their support of this show and Relay FM. Out of nowhere, this was out of nowhere, right? The Steam Deck, no one was expecting this. There have been some rumors of Valve making a portable console. Some people, I believe, were calling the Steam Mate? No, not mate. So something hmm. Steam Pal, I think. Okay. Yes. Yeah, but like very vague rumors. I yeah, that's weird. I had I had no idea. Maybe I was unplugged from that particular part of the discourse, but I I had no idea that this was even a thing. And it was one of those I don't know, the super fun kind of launches where just like out of nowhere there's this thing. Uh and it is a 
it's it might, I, this isn't meant in like a derogatory way or anything like that, but it is a Nintendo Switch for PC games made by Valve. Yes. And but and I think that that perfectly encapsulates it. And honestly, the only reason that this hardware exists is because the Switch exists. Like I don't imagine a world in which Valve got would have gotten to this on their own. You know, like uh, because it's such a like a weird prospect. And also, you know, now there are so many switches for PC games. Lots of small companies have made a product like this, but obviously coming from Valve, it, it becomes infinitely more interesting. It features a 7-inch LCD at 1280 by 1800, which is a 16 by 10 aspect ratio. It has an AMD Zen 2 CPU and RDNA GPU, 16 gigabytes of RAM. It comes in three storage options, 64, 256, or 512, and it's expandable via micro SD. The SSD storage is faster in the two more expensive models, and that actually I think will be pretty important. Uh, the respective prices are 399 529 and $649. It features... Just all of the input methods, uh, a D-pad, analog sticks, which feature capacitive touch, kind of like the Oculus controller ones do. So you could rest your fingers on them and the system would know. Buttons, bumpers, triggers, two trackpads, haptics, and a gyroscope. It has battery life between two to eight hours, which is hilarious to me, that range. Two to eight is such yeah. a wide range to give, but that's PC gaming, right? Like, I'm sure if you're playing Fortnite, you're going to get very different uh, battery life than if you're trying to play, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, something that might be pretty intensive as a PC game. Insert, uh, insert control. Control, or, like, insert whatever the big first-person shooter is at the moment, right? Uh, it runs SteamOS, which is based on Linux, but you can install whatever you want onto it. And they're even publicizing that. You can put Windows on it if you want to because it no. is just a PC in its guts. Uh, it can be docked via USB-C and you can have peripherals and they also sell a dock of their own with a bunch of expansion ports. It starts shipping in December, but has now, uh, the, this, if you go now and look at their website, uh, the shipment dates are Q2 to Q3 of 2022, which seems some kind of some time away uh i want to know what you guys think of this i'm super excited <laughs> i pre-ordered one as soon you as did. i did okay um yeah so this uh, this has always been the dream for me so i've always been annoyed by the fact that a lot of people i follow and a lot of my friends were able to play pc games and especially like new indie games from Steam, some stuff in early access and other stuff mm -hmm. that comes out on Steam first and eventually some of it finds its way onto other consoles or Nintendo Switch, but not all of them. And certainly, you know, not <laughs> on launch day. Um, and I've always been jealous of that because I've always resisted the idea of having a dedicated PC for gaming. Now... Yep. It's also possible that I've resisted this idea because I, we still live in a small apartment and I don't have room for a proper PC for gaming. Mm -hmm. So my dream has always been it'd be super cool to have a portable PC that it's like a Nintendo Switch but for, for PC games. And this to me is exactly what it is. Like This is the same reason why uh, the Vita was so fascinating to me years ago because I could play those indie games, those you know, the, the, those styles of, those, that, that style of games that launch on Steam, uh, so many of them were available on the Vita. And that that's why the console was so important for me. 
because the more I can play on a portable form factor, you could you could see a trend for me here. Like it's why I've always been a huge Nintendo person. It's why I'm excited about the new Nintendo Switch. I'm a portable user. And mm-hmm. I just want wanna have the free and it's also why I use an iPad. <laughs> like yeah. it's, I always wanna be free to not be tied to a desk. And so the fact that Valve is making an official one and I don't have to go to like a one of those, you know, third-party manufacturers making like an unofficial PC that lets you play PC games in a portable console. This is like made from the company that makes Steam. This for me is a huge deal. Now, I remain curious to see like what's the battery life going to be like in practice what's performance going to be like for you know high profile titles like uh, i don't know i want to play uh control i want to play i want to install windows and play halo does that actually run or does the battery last like 30 minutes and i gotta play at 30 frames per second i hadn't thought this would this would actually be a game pass machine too if you right, wanted it to be. Right, yeah. if you want. It's a PC, so if you yeah. want, you can put Game Pass on it. You can put xCloud on it, and you can play. So um, it's really the fact that this is made by the company responsible for the Steam marketplace that, for me, removes a lot of that feeling when I'm listening to um, to uh, Triple Click or The Besties and they mention this game that they're playing on Steam. I, in theory... Now, all of this is in theory. I will not feel left out of that conversation anymore because without having to buy a PC that I can that I gotta put under my desk, I can just play that on a portable console. And so um the moment I saw it, like you guys were making fun of it in our iMessage thread. And I was like, okay, when are pre-orders opening? And thankfully, uh Valve this did this really smart thing to sort of uh um, fight off uh, the people who just um, want to pre-order these consoles to resell them at a much higher price on eBay. Yep. They did this really smart thing where they opened up the pre-orders to folks who had a Steam account, like an active Steam account, created before um, June 2021. And I, I did have a Steam account that I last used 10 years ago. So I just needed to log in and I just needed to confirm because Steam was like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. Just they just confirm. wanted the hashtag real gamers, you know? The the real gamers. But the yeah, real it gamers, worked. Real pro gamers is what sure. they were looking for. Sure. No, but that's genuine though. Like, I may, it's, I'm making fun because it's just fun. I just find that as a funny phrase to say. But I actually really applauded the way that they handled this. It's like, really, the only type of person that should want this would already have had a Steam account for at least some reason in their lifetime. Right? You know, it's just like, I, I can't, I don't know if I can imagine the person who's like, now is the first time I want to play PC games. Now I've seen this, you know? Like, you must have at least tried at some point is kind of the way that I feel. So I think that they actually handled the pre-ordering process pretty well. I think, for me, the the pre-order's pretty far far out from um, delivery for this. Because the thing that I keep pausing on is, how is this going to run? Like, Mm. you know, PC gaming hardware changes at quite a clip, right? Mm -hmm. And if you're ordering it now and you will get one in 12 months, I don't know how that's going to be with whatever, you know, insert game, you know, insert like best game of the current time, you know, 
Like, I don't know how, how it's going to feel to run a game like that. And, and I think a lot of people could end up thinking that, oh, I can just plug this thing into my monitor and now I've got a gaming PC. And it's like, yeah, you do, but you're not going to get the performance out of it that you want. It will work and they will run because, again, this is one of the great things about PC gaming is there is a variety of hardware, but if you want to play with good-looking graphics and great performance, then you're going to need beefier hardware. And especially at a time in existence when gaming hardware has become like so incredibly powerful. You know, the GPUs now are so incredibly powerful that you can put in gaming PCs. I think we're only going to see a trend of developers pushing that in the mm. PC space. And so I wonder how a console like this would last. I think you will be great for the handheld experience because it's such a low-resolution screen, right? But again, seven inches is perfectly fine. So I think it's probably going to push that pretty well. You know, you'll probably get, I would expect, same kind of performance that a game, like a, a halfway decent gaming laptop would get, right? Uh, but then if you want to push it harder than that, I don't know. Shahid, what is your... Um, I have a very specific thing that I want to talk about in relation to this console, but what what is your read on it? Oh, I have a lot to say on this. Good. <laughs> and the first thing I have to say is that I don't recall being on any iMessage thread where I was making fun No, he met me device. and John Voorhees. And I don't remember making fun of it either. I just think it's a hilarious thing no, it was more to John, have done. To be fair, it was more John making fun of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not being defensive, by the way. The reason I say this is because I'm a developer, so I can't burn bridges. I don't yeah. know who I'll be asking money from. Oh yeah, you love this thing. It's the best thing you've ever seen. <laughs> we all know that. Absolutely. Send me one, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me let me go through my points because I've been thinking long and hard about this. I've even made a TikTok video about it. Oh, look at you. Oh, look at you being That's crazy, crazy, crazy. No, I'm not an influencer. I'm highly influenced, though. Um, <laughs> so first point I want to make is I'm gl glad, really, really glad this didn't come out in 2012. Otherwise, I wouldn't have had much of a, a strategy for the Vita because that's what we were trying to do with the first port of call was okay, well, let's make this a Steam machine because there was nothing like that. And all those games worked brilliantly on the Vita. And uh, so thoughts turn to today and how this stacks up against other alternatives in that space. Uh, let's start with the screen. My, my first concern was that it's not even half an inch bigger than the biggest iPhone. Mm. All right, it's a really small screen. It's only 1280 by 720. That makes it the same resolution as the Switch, but with a marginally larger screen, but not larger than the OLED Switch. Uh, and of course, this doesn't have an OLED. So it is really quite a small screen for a PC game. As for developers, not just people like me, but developers across the board, it's another target for them to aim for. And that means it needs to be ported for because Steam OS will require a port. Now, granted, it's not as hard as doing a Switch port. Nowhere near as hard as doing a Switch port because you will at least have less, um, less of a compromise to make in terms of performance. It's just another kind of PC. It's just a slightly different kind of OS, but it should kind of work. Um, without too many changes. The biggest changes you'll have to make as a developer are to UI. Now, I don't know about you. You you guys are young, okay? But I find I have to buy increasingly larger tellies 
just to be able to read the text on modern games. And even then I'm finding it difficult. Never mind a portable device where I already have to use reading glasses. So here's something on, let's say, for example, I'm, I've decided I want to play No Man's Sky on the sofa on this Steam Deck. Will I be able to read the text? Not unless they make, not unless the developer makes a lot of changes, right? So if you have a look at a whole bunch of indie games on Steam, you'll see that not as many as you think are ported to Steam OS. And so they'll all require ports. So it's not just a case of those games coming across. Of course, if the user has decided, being the power user that they are, to install a version of Windows, then they'll be able to run just about any PC game. I was watching a video um, from the Steam development team, and you can tell me what the realistic of this is, but they have a software thing called Proton, which mm -hmm. allows for Windows and Linux games to run pretty well. And I, I'd kind of read something that suggested most uh, games on Steam will run on this thing with this kind of layer that they've got going on. The, the first thing you have to remember about a layer is that it will introduce performance issues. Sure. And the, the games that you're likely to want to play on this, as opposed to on other smaller or less featured devices, are precisely the kind of games that require performance, mm -hmm. and therefore they're edge cases in their own right. Of course, if you're fine with indie games that aren't going for a lot of performance, and those are increasingly rare, by the way, because a lot of indies are now pushing out some incredibly good-looking and high-tech games, then, you know, it, it could be problematic. I'm not going to say it will be, but it could be. And you would still need to do a lot of testing. So it's like a proof port, is in the pudding kind of thing. For exactly, that, right? exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, you, you're just not going to know until you put it through a QA cycle whether it's going to be acceptable for release. And it's a big call to make. I'm um, running it on this kind of translation layer. It's kind of okay, but it drops frames. And do you really want to do that to your game? You'd rather just say, okay, it's, it's available on Steam OS, but it's not available on Steam OS on Steam Deck. You know, that, that's, that's the kind of fragmentation that I would not be very happy with if I was Valve. So I'm sure they'll be doing everything they possibly can to support them. But here's a point, going back to the screen, the screen on uh, the Switch OLED is going to look better. And so they'll both be coming out at the same time. You'll be able to play some beautiful games on the Switch OLED. They won't be the same as your PC game. So, you know, if, if there's no overlap between those two markets, there's not a problem. If you're a PC gamer and you want to play PC games on the move, this will be the best device for you. But if you're in the market for a portable device and you're looking at the huge, huge variety available on Steam versus what's available on Switch, then you're going to have to be careful to ensure that the games that you've heard about are going to run acceptably on this. Otherwise, you're going to be put off and Valve won't want that either. So I'm hoping there'll be some kind of initiative to ensure that the games most people are are playing and talking about are coming across to this device. Um, so from a developer perspective, um, developers will have to ask themselves, well, okay, do I want to port this to SteamOS? Um, it is effectively another platform, but it's also a completely different screen size. Almost no game I know of today is designed for running at 1280 by 720. Sounds ridiculous, I know, but uh, on the PC, certainly, uh, you would expect, I would imagine, HD as the absolute minimum. 
Um, but the other thing that's interesting to me is you could probably use this as a development machine, right? So for, I don't know, 300 and something pounds, um, was it 329, something like that? Yeah. It's the, the bottom end version makes for a very attractive device that's both a, a really useful blanket target in the same way that a console is, right? So let's say you you were a developer wanting to make a game specifically for the Steam Deck, but that would happen to run for other devices. For new devs, that's very tempting because you know that unlike every other PC game in the world, this is optimized for one specific format that has really, really good support. The PC market is hugely fragmented. Uh, it's very, very hard to tune for performance. But if you know that the majority of your sales are going to come on this device, and there's no guarantee of that because it would have to sell loads of that to happen. But if you're able to target it, then you're going to be happy. The problem with that, however, is that Steam themselves describe SteamOS on their SteamOS page as being an OS optimized for the big screen experience. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how they've now taken this big screen experience and optimized it for a titchy screen. Yeah, from their site says users should not consider SteamOS as a replacement for their desktop operating system. SteamOS is being designed and optimized for the living room experience. Well, that In other was words, the old idea, right, with the with the Steam box and stuff like that. Sure. But it's but weird that they haven't updated that. <laughs> it's not it's not just that they haven't updated. That's not the problem. I'm not I'm not being hard on them for not updating their website. Um what I'm being hard on them for, I'm not being hard on them, I'm just pointing this out as an observation, is that if this OS was optimized for the big screen experience, it will need to be re-optimized for the tiny screen experience. Now, I'm sure they'll do that. And that's probably why they need the six months minimum, right? They're going to make sure that they do everything they possibly can to ensure that people can read um, on, on this relatively small screen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. The other thing is alternatives. You talked about alternatives already, but I want to mention some more. So another alternative for this device for me would be a gamer laptop, like a 14-inch Razer. Not substantially bigger or heavier. I mean, yes, it's not something you can hold in your hands, right? You're still going to have to rest it on your lap. But given that you're likely to be sitting anyway, 14 inches is not that big. Very easy to pull out the smallest backpack. Now, I know uh, Federico will disagree um, with me on this. And my mm. point is not to say that that Federico would be better off with a 14-inch razor, because that's not the way he rolls, right? And there are a lot of people who don't like to roll like that. Mm -hmm. You're always going to need a power supply, no matter what. But consider that this device is also going to need to be fairly close to power, because you're going to get... Not quite a full evening's worth of gaming out of this device. I mean, two to eight hours, as you mentioned, is optimistic. Let me put it that way. One of the things that all portable manufacturers struggle with is ensuring that the battery is powerful enough and, and capacious enough to support the processor. And the processor is nearly always reduced in frequency to compensate, sometimes massively. Right earlier, we talked about the play date. Okay, play date, completely different proposition. But by way of comparison, the processor in that is an ARM that runs at 180 megahertz. Okay, this is using fairly recent technology, which is reasonably power efficient, but still not massively power efficient. We're not talking about M1 chips here, 
right? Mm -hmm. So the draw on the best AAA games is going to be crazy. If you get one hour out of a top AAA game on the battery this thing has, I'll be impressed. And the other thing I'd like to know is what's the fan noise going to be like when it's doing that? Do you want fan noise in a handheld? Yeah, or how hot? Right, right. So the going back to alternatives, I because I was so interested in this, I thought, okay, let's finally give this a go. Let's see what the what the iPhone and I have an iPhone Mini, by the way, which for a guy with the rubbish eyes, I know is absurd. But I deliberately went for the iPhone Mini because I didn't want to be addicted to my damn iPhone all the time. I previously was always in your uh, Plus and then Max Club, Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, but I went for a Mini because I was too addicted. I thought, okay, let's take this out. Let's have a go. Let's have a look at some of these games. So I did. And I I got myself, I can't even remember the name of the device. It's really cool. The Backbone? Hang on, that's the one. The Backbone. Yeah, Backbone's great. Yeah, beautiful. So I stuck my iPhone in there, tried it with a whole bunch of stuff. Tried it with a bunch of native iPhone games. Tried it with a bunch of uh, Xbox Cloud games. Tried it with the PlayStation um, streaming stuff and PS, uh, PS5 remote. It was, how can I put it? It made me want the bigger iPhone because I knew I would do this more. It was good enough um, that I thought, I've got more than enough games on this. Okay, so okay, so the problem with Xbox Cloud uh, was that I was getting a fair bit of audio crackle and dropout, but it was actually playable. You know, a lot of the stuff I played, I played some of the recent Doom stuff, completely playable. Um, it was not so playable on 4G on the motorway. I did try that. I tried a shooter uh, using 4G on the motorway. It did still work, though, believe it or not. Uh, PlayStation stuff doesn't, of course, because it requires Wi-Fi, but then it is delivering. Uh, that's the kind of experience it's delivering. So those are your alternatives, as well as the Switch, as well as the OLED Switch. So it's not coming into an empty market. And so they're going to have to be careful they don't deliver something that people are are going to be unhappy with from from just the pure usability aspect. You know, who is this machine for? Is it for... Federico obviously likes it, but then is there a portable (laughs) device that Federico wouldn't buy? I don't know. That's so true. I mean, no, no, but I'm I'm the same. I'm the same, my friend. I mean, um, I bought all the same retro consoles you have. I love them. I buy all the handhelds. The only reason I don't use as many handhelds as I used to is because, as we said many times on this show, I am an old guy and my eyesight is not what it used to be. So I really like bigger screens. But who is this particular machine for? Because if I want a portable, let, let's say we're talking about people with disposable income, the p- kind of people who will buy new gaming hardware, um, but are keen on having a decent library support. They don't want to buy something just because it's a curiosity, right? So uh, that maybe excludes Playdate. I don't know. More of a mass market than us then, okay? Why would they buy this? Well, they'd buy it because the library on Steam is unmatched. There's nothing that competes with the library on Steam. However, if you filter by SteamOS, that library becomes smaller. So unless Steam solves that problem, um, there's going to be a lot of customer support issues. I don't think they're stupid. I think Valve are a very smart company. There'll be a solution for that, certainly for for most people. And if if the console sells as well as I think it's going to sell, I do think it's going to sell well, by the way, especially yeah. at the price it's going for, then it will drive developers. You know, as soon as developers start to see that the device is selling, 
they're just going to port everything they've already done. Of course, the new stuff will just target it by default. It'll be really, really easy to do. Now, what could let it down? Battery life? The positioning of the control sticks? I actually think the positioning of the control sticks is okay. Uh, so I experimented with this a bit. And I thought, okay, if I had the control sticks at the bottom and I hold something heavy, so I just kind of simulated that position. And I've got knackered wrists and thumbs, by the way, that have yep. required all kinds of treatment. So I'm very sensitive to this. The weight levers more if the sticks are at the bottom. Whereas if the sticks are at the top, you've got the weight resting more across your hand. The, the central gravity is a lot better on your wrists and on your thumbs. You're not doing nearly so much lifting. You're doing more supporting than lifting, which leaves your... Um, all right, your little finger and your ring finger are doing a bit more work. But the main thing is your thumb and your wrists are not. Otherwise, you'd be doing a lot more sport. And of course, the other problem with having the control stick slightly further down is you lose the ability of using shoulder buttons and that kind of thing. So they couldn't have done that. So I think it's okay. I mean, it looks... How can I be polite about this? It looks like the kind of device only its mother would love. Um, <laughs> if I was going to design High a price. device, uh, if I, it, for me, the, the best ever looking portable device in the history of gaming was the Vita. Um, switched on. Okay, you'd have to see the screen. Yeah. Uh, I think there are other, other devices that have gone close. This is not going to be up in the top five for me in terms of looks. So... But that said, will it be usable? I think it will be. Um, you mentioned earlier there's going to be a dock. Okay, good. But when you plug it into a monitor or a TV, you're suddenly bumping the resolution way up. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it will handle a plugged-in experience. I'm really keen to see that part specifically because I feel like that might be a bit of a non-starter, honestly. Well, okay, so you plug it in, right? Now, here's the other thing... You that we have to bear in mind is that the switch has two performance profiles. When you plug it in, it up reses, but more power is being supplied to the CPU. PC games aren't going to be happy about having their power constantly cycled. What if a game is not doing runtime um, optimization for the processor and the GPU? That would need to be written. If they are, great, they'll work. But there'll be some games that build up a performance profile of the machine uh, on uh, installation time, right? So if the Steam Deck changes its performance profile, depending on whether it's battery-powered or dock-stroke uh, charger-powered, that might well prove to be an issue. Yeah, because I think like a lot of people could, I could imagine, say, well, games on the Switch play pretty well, so I'm sure this will work too. And, and that might be the case, but the thing about the Switch is developers who are making games for the Switch, they know exactly what they're targeting. They're targeting the Switch. And I think a lot of the games that will be on the Steam Deck, they're not targeted for the Steam Deck. They're just targeted for PC gaming. And so again, it's going to be like... Oh, this is none of this is to say that this is going to not be a good experience, but I think that there are considerations that will that that we need to think about and will need to be made, and then it's all going to be about in how it's actually executed. Well, I'll tell you what, this device is in the hands of a lot of developers right now, yeah. Um, and they are building for this because you know. Why would you launch a device without developer support? So there will be that. There will be a lot of people um, who have the device and who are able to knock out 
versions of of their games for look for the launch of the device look for every large medium to large uh developer valve is an incredibly important partner right and i am sure valve will be leaning on the companies that they work with to really try and convince them to support this hardware, right? So, like, a lot of the time, the way that you get someone to do something is you have a really good relationship with them. And I'm sure that that they're going to be in this situation where it's going to be like, hey, we would really love it if you could make your game work really well on this hardware. And you can just get enough large, medium to large developers to do that to have a pretty impressive lineup. And does that that ring true, what I'm saying, Shade? Of course. Of course, that's how... All of these things work. I'll tell you what else they could do is they could say, well, if you support the Steam Deck at launch, we'll give you, um, instead of taking uh, a 30% cut, we'll take a 10% cut yeah. for the next yeah. year on everything you do. There's like this money, right? You can pull the money lever. Right? Like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Really easy. Really, really easy to do. Lots of things they can do. The other thing that is interesting about this for me is how does Epic factor in? Right. If you're a developer, would you be able to sell a Steam Deck game on the Epic Game Store that runs on Steam OS? They've said you could. I mean, again, like as well as saying about um, like in the press releases and in all the marketing materials and stuff, they don't just talk about installing other uh, operating systems. They explicitly reference game stores. Mm. So, that would be interesting. Be interesting to see how it plays out from Valve's perspective as well. In other words, how they use this device as a lever. Because that's what it is. It's, it's a strategic play. They're not a hardware company. They're not. They never have been. But they use hardware as levers for their their software strategy. They've always done that. They've done that with the VR as well. I think it's an important category. And they use their hardware as a lever for it. But of course, their software will run on other headsets no problem can i talk about my main concern i think everybody knows what i'm going to talk about which is the ergonomics mm. of this system and and i understand what you're saying shahid you know you're saying about like the way it's balanced and you know and and valve have spoken a lot about uh that they designed it with ergonomics in mind but i look at this hardware and i just cannot imagine how it's comfortable especially like specifically for me so like to my eyes the buttons and the sticks seem to be in really weird places like they're very high up and i just don't know how that will feel for me and it seems like they've done this because of the touch pads right so those touch pads that are below they seem to be giving those kind of like the prime placement for where you would normally see controlling controller buttons or sticks on a game controller right they're kind of in that kind of middle area and i've never used a steam controller so i don't know what that experience really is like for what valve has built but i feel like i would prefer buttons over those little touchpads the system itself is big and heavy like it's bigger than a switch the switch is 420 grams and this thing is 669 grams. So it's like one and a half switches in weight, which again, I don't know how that's going to feel for me to, to hold and play over a long period of time. They've made it pretty chunky, which I assume will probably help 
with the holding, but you know, they say it's designed for comfort over long playing sessions, but I don't see that for me, which is why I haven't ordered, but I want I really want to try one. And maybe if I try one, I would change my tune. But I feel like this just for me is not a purchase I could make sight unseen, like without actually handling the hardware to to kind of get a sense as to if it would work for me. And honestly as well, I'm in a different boat to Federico because I have an incredibly powerful PC that I can play games on and do when I want to, you know? Um, but like Federico, is there anything more like maybe in the hardware itself that you are interested in or have concerns about? Mm, I think I'm interested in the, in the docking situation with yep. accessories. I could see... Um, myself using my existing uh, 4K monitor and my desk as an output device for the Steam Deck. Uh, or maybe I could just output to a television and that's also going to be fine. Um, I, I also want to understand like, if I were to play some, say, strategy games that I've always wanted to play, but again, I don't have a PC. Um I suppose I will be able to attach an external keyboard. So I could, I could yeah. see myself doing that kind of scenario where I'm at my desk and then there's the Steam Deck. I can play portable or I can dock it at my desk and I can use my existing keyboard and trackpad setup to play PC games at my desk to have a PC environment without really having a PC, but just a Steam Deck. So everything that you, got, that you guys said is a valid concern, but it, it really... I don't know. I'm really excited for this. Uh, it's just, uh, it feels like a device made for me. It yeah. feels like the, a device, like what would, uh, you know, Nintendo people want in terms of PC gaming? And I feel like there's a lot of folks like me who prefer and prioritize portable gaming who have been looking for a console like this one. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's going to suck. Uh, maybe not. But uh, it. I can feel the excitement. and I, I don't I think, think it's going to suck. I just think it's going to be really not feel like a switch. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I think there is a dream here, which is like, this is going to be a Nintendo Switch for PC games. And I think it's going to be a bit trickier than that. Like, I don't think it's going to be as sweet a kind of overall feeling. But I bet that it will get most people... Most of the way there. And that will probably be more than enough. But I'm I'm intrigued. I, I remain very intrigued. And I, I like that they're doing this. I think of all of Valve's um, hardware, this is the most interesting to me. I think it's really interesting strategically. Yeah. You know, who are they aiming at with this? Because it's not a category they're doing out of vanity, right? But that, so... Maybe. I sound critical. I'm I'm not critical. I'm assessing this purely from the perspective of someone having been involved with uh, device launches and platform launches and securing the software for it. You know, this is my challenge for many, many years and one that I enjoyed. So I would ask a ton of questions and then I'd get to work and things would get done and, um, and Valve are going to be absolutely brilliant at that. But they do have a challenge. I mean, I'm just looking at the top 10 uh sellers on steam uh, and this will vary from region to region i'm sure because the global top sellers list is a mess and from the top 10 games not a single one is steam os compatible hmm. and only even 
uh, and there's only one that has Mac compatibility. They're all PC, PC, PC. And that means, you know, the UI is optimized for a standard PC display. And so here's the thing. It might be a reference platform and it might just be that they upgrade it before long. I certainly hope so. I would hope to see uh, a slightly larger screen, HD um, and OLED. That'd be nice. But that's just my silly wish list thing. The one thing I wanted to mention, because I didn't really bring this up, is performance. I mean, having a look at the specs and comparing, you've got to compare the, the overall specifications of the system against the resolution that it's trying to render to. And roughly speaking, given the, the specs of the chips, it falls somewhere between a PS4 and a PS5. So it's not bad, but specifically not bad for that resolution. As soon as you plug it into a telly, I'm really going to be intrigued to see what happens to performance. Because as you say, Mike, for a lot of people, this is not going to be arriving until the middle of next year. Mm -hmm. And what's the state of PC gaming going to look like then? It'll be interesting. <laughs>